Good evening. Welcome to Under Pressure. Thank you so much for listening tonight. I'm very excited for this episode as I have my friend Emma here to talk about her experience. Emma's story is a little bit different from mine and Aaliyah's and Phillips, as you've heard in the previous episodes. Uh, she still lives at home with her family. So, We're going to do a Q&A format for this episode because I want it to be specifically about her experience living at home as an almost graduate student. Um, she's graduating in about a month, so that's really exciting. And congratulations, Emma. So we're just going to talk about her experience with being at home and still trying to figure out her sexuality and navigate life as a college student and um, someone that lives at home. So... Emma, I'm going to give it over to you. Say hi. Hi. Okay. So how old were you when you first started to think of yourself as something other than straight? Heterosexual, if you will. Um, I would say probably about 18. Um, the first, I guess, thought sort of started maybe at the end of my senior year of high school. Um, I didn't really start to think about it, though, until I would say my freshman year of college. Um, I'd broken up with the boy that I was dating in high school, and I started looking at girls, I guess, differently than I would have before. So that kind of started it, but I really didn't figure out for a while after that. Okay, thank you for sharing. Um, this is like my first Q&A style episode, so bear with me, listeners. Um, we're just trying to work everything out. And also we're outside, so there's a couple distractions, but it's beautiful out. And yeah, we're soaking it up. So what was like... Okay, let's say this. I didn't prepare any questions also, so I'm so sorry that you're listening and you're annoyed but um who was the first person that you told and like what did you tell them because we also if you identify with the label I'd also like you to tell them what it is so that we have like a background um a label is kind of difficult um that's fair I guess if I had to fit into one I would say bye um the first time I told somebody, I don't think I explicitly labeled myself as bi, um, but it was somebody I'd only known for maybe like two, three months at that point. Um, he was somebody I'd met at um, the restaurant that I worked at, and we just became pretty close um, very quickly. And um, I had a crush on a girl at that point. Um, and I just one day decided to start a conversation with him about it. He was very nice about it um, and supported me through it. But I didn't really, it didn't click that it wasn't just like a one-time thing and that it wasn't just like exclusive to that girl, but more just girls in general. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so in my last episode, I talked about how like the process of me even identifying Aaliyah as someone as someone who I had a crush on. So how did you 
decipher between like I might be interested in being friends with this girl versus like I have a crush on her because we're kind of told growing up that like we're not supposed to like girls and that like oh maybe we just want to be friends with her maybe we just think she's pretty and I'm not actually attracted to her so what was it that made you like explore the idea that you might actually have a crush on her not that you need to validate your feelings towards any sex but just for people who might be struggling with that well I want to start by saying that I didn't really it's not like I knew this girl like it's not like we had even like a platonic relationship she was just also a customer that I met at this restaurant that I worked at um I at first I guess I just thought that she was pretty and I didn't really think anything of it but um one day I was just talking to her and I don't know I guess she she was just very nice and I remember snapchatting him one day after speaking to her and being like I think I might be bi or I think I like girls whatever I said um but it wasn't like it wasn't like I wanted it to be this whole thing where like I was gonna go talk about it with all my friends because I still wasn't comfortable with it at that point um I guess that I was just hoping that it was just that girl or just mm-hmm. one person um so I didn't tell anybody after that for at least a year I would say probably a year and a half uh thank you um I think that's a big thing that people I'm just gonna refer to the LGBTQ plus community as the queer community because I just use the word queer as not straight um I know not everyone identifies with the word queer but for the purpose of this episode I'm gonna use the word queer so I think a lot of people who first start to explore like an identity other than heterosexual they think like oh like my attraction might be just this one person or it might just be this one friend because we're really close or maybe I'm mistaking my feelings for wanting to be friends with them or just thinking that they're pretty and like we're constantly invalidating ourselves because society invalidates us so I think it's really cool that you like acknowledged that you had a crush on this girl and then told someone because that's like a really big step I think even if it was like a year and a half before you brought it up again like that's still you told this person you trusted this person with potentially a new identity that you were trying to figure out so that's really awesome um but so you said about a year and a half we're just going to kind of work through your story a little bit before we dive into the juicy stuff this is all juicy I guess but (laughs) um a year and a half later like what was your next move um I didn't really have any reason to tell anybody else at that point. I wasn't dating anybody. Um, So it it wasn't like I was afraid that my friends were going to be rude about or anything. I just didn't want the way that they perceived me to change at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point, like, none of my friends were out as gay either. So... I guess being, like, the first person I knew to, like, say anything was definitely stressful. But, I don't know, I guess... I I guess I wanted to say something to somebody who I was closer with. um, Because the guy I told before, we weren't, like, necessarily great friends or anything. We just happened to talk about 
personal stuff. The guy at your job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so I told, um, I texted one of my best friends um, at the time. I forgot I worded it. It was pretty short. It was just like, hey, um, I think I like girls. Um, at that point, I was pretty like, I was pretty queer that I did. Um, I had a lot of time to think about it. I don't know that I necessarily labeled myself at that time either, but um, I told her, and she, again, was really nice about it, and we had a conversation. Um, She um, identifies as straight, but, um, you know, we spoke about it for a little bit, and after that, I kind of just started telling more friends um, in person, um, which was obviously scary to have to have a conversation, but one of my close friends said something... um, in person to another friend and I so I kind of I guess felt like I could say something and they would be accepting because they accepted this other friend so I guess it started like through text but then I gained more confidence to like be able to tell people in person and I think that happens to a lot of us too as we're starting to figure out our sexuality is is like we're trying to listen to all of the people around us and look for evidence that they might accept us like see what they say about gay people they know or like um a homosexual couple on the street like we just try to pick up little things like oh maybe they would like accept me but on the other side of that we also pick up the negative stuff and we are like oh they just made a really derogatory comment about that homosexual couple like Uh, I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want to be treated like that. And that happened to me with a lot of my family members. Like they would say things about homosexuality that was supposed to be joking or just whatever, whatever their reasoning was. And I kind of internalized it as, oh, they're homophobic. I could never say anything to them. Um, And so it took me a lot longer to come out to those people than the other people that had already said really positive things about members of the community. So that's like a big thing. Um, So let's talk about your family. Um, When did you um, come out to them and what was your turning point that was like, I'm gonna come out to them? Um, I guess it was probably, I'm 22 now. Um, It was probably two years ago now. I was I was dating a guy at the time and I told my mom about it at dinner which in of itself I guess I'm not I don't know I guess I'm not that communicative to my family members about relationships because they can be judgmental about just anything really um so I'd been seeing this guy for a while so I finally told my mom about it and obviously she was like, yeah, whatever, like, I don't know why you didn't tell us sooner. But um, I told my sister in the car, my mom, sister, and I were in the car. And my sister was like, oh, I thought you were going to come out as gay or something. And she, I don't know, I guess there was kind of a vibe in the house that, like, they thought I was not straight and that they would, like, tease me about it based off. Yeah, I don't like stereotypes, like the way I dressed, um, the fact that I didn't really date many boys like in high school. Um, so I kind of just like 
said to her, I was like, if you have something to ask, like, you can ask it. And she was like, are you into girls? And I was like, yeah. And so my sister obviously was not surprised. My mom um, was definitely a bit surprised about it. Um, And so, you know, they had a lot of questions. And I was in a car, so it's not like I could really, like, avoid (laughs) avoid the conversation. Um, It was fine. It was pretty awkward. But, I mean, that's kind of to be expected. Um, And so we got home, and um, my dad came home. And I guess I didn't necessarily say, like, (laughs) that I wasn't going to say anything to him or, like, whatever. But my sister was like, oh... Emma has something to tell you so I kind of I guess was put in a situation where like I had to explain it to him um and so it's just like this whole family event of like having to explain myself and like as somebody who is more like I guess like not again communicative about like that type of yeah yeah um it was difficult um to have to have that conversation with them um it was fine I mean I knew that my family wasn't gonna kick me out of the house like I knew they were gonna be fine about it um but you know it's definitely not a fun conversation to have to have with your family yeah well I think it's not a fun conversation in general and then when you're outed uh it's even harder because like oh shit this is happening I wasn't ready for this and that's super invalidating and like terrifying um I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast yet but that happened to me with my mom um I had published a book in quarantine a poetry book and I had a little bit like a couple suspect poems about my sexuality just saying like I didn't know what it was and I hadn't known I didn't know my sexuality yet I was still trying to figure my shit out as I think I will for the rest of my life. But, um, yeah, my mom just, like, straight up asked me, like, are you gay? And I was like, <laughs> wow, mom. And I was just, like, doing something at the kitchen table, like, just minding my own business. And I was just hit with the question. And it, it, it's powerful. It's, it makes you, it was, the like, one of the only times in my entire life that I was absolutely speechless and absolutely, like, dumbfounded. Like, holy shit, this is happening. Um... I don't know what to say, so I get it, and that really sucks, and I think you handled it really well, and being outed sucks, and don't do that to people. If you're listening to this and you've done that to someone, don't do that again, and also you should apologize. Um, I'm sure the person you've done it to will forgive you, but please apologize and don't do that to someone. Coming out should be on that person's terms only don't out people don't force them to out themselves don't ask them about their sexuality in front of people please don't do any of that so your experience with your family was uh, it was something it was (laughs) yeah um being outed is not fun so the difference like as i mentioned in the beginning the difference between you and essentially most of your friends that you come see here uh we don't live with our family so it's kind of easy to put our needs before theirs and to really separate like i need i can work on myself and not call my mom for a week and like really distance myself 
I love my mom and I love my family, but it's nice to distance yourself and think on your own and just have your own space. So you have not had a chance to have that yet. You lived in a dorm um, freshman year or yeah, you lived in a dorm freshman year, but that was before you were figuring out your sexuality, essentially. Yeah. So you didn't start figuring out your sexuality until you were home. It started when I was at college again with that. Um, the restaurant job I worked was at college. Oh, okay. um, I would say that was probably more toward like the second semester. Though my freshman year, um, I just happened to only be living um, on campus that first year, just financial yeah. reasons. Um, I mean, I was working at a college restaurant, so I mean, I couldn't afford um, to stay in a dorm, but <clears throat> I am planning on moving out in about two months three months so i will i will be out soon um but yeah i mean it's definitely an interesting experience to have to go through that at home um i don't know i feel like living in a household where like everybody identifies as straight like it's definitely an isolating experience um especially since like some of that was going on before like i knew other friends of mine were um not straight as well so feeling like nobody else is like gonna understand you or that you know like you never really know how somebody's gonna react like you can think like oh they probably like accept like gay people whatever but at the end of the day like having to tell somebody that for the first time is always gonna be terrifying like no matter who it is like it is just a universally terrifying experience so I totally agree. And that's why I don't necessarily like to use the term coming out. Like I use it because it's easily understood. But if you're not straight, you're always coming out in some way, whether it's grabbing your hand, like the hand of your partner in public to like explicitly telling someone that you're not straight or even just like the dating scene, like going out to bars, like you're constantly outing yourself because you don't just wear usually like a giant sticker on your forehead that says, hey, I'm not heterosexual like usually you have to say it and it's like just assume that everyone's heterosexual so we just constantly have to out ourselves like over and over again and that's really hard um so but I'm definitely grateful for the ability to live on my own and to have figured out my finances enough to where I could be on my own in my apartment um and I know that's not feasible for a lot of people and Honestly, people are starting to think about their sexualities and figure them out a lot earlier in their lives. So a lot of people just don't have, like, aren't in college and they don't have the ability to not be living under the roof of their family. And a lot of families aren't as accepting as we would expect, um, even if they're not, like, outwardly homophobic and they don't kick you out, which also happens to people, unfortunately. It's, yeah, um they are not like super accepting and super like oh my god my kid's gay like they're still like kind of rude and they still make those jokes that aren't funny and they do all these things that hurt us um and it's even harder like it's hard to go home for the holidays and hear that stuff i can't imagine living it day to day so this episode's kind of like we're just inviting emma on here to talk about her story and shine a light on her experience because i love to just get people and their experiences on here but also this episode's tailored to people that live at home and don't feel like they might they can be themselves or have an experience where 
they're home and out and maybe the whole house isn't colored rainbow for them and they're not getting the support that they would normally get from the community or their friends. So um, I would like you to speak a little bit on your experience with living home and if it's if it has been hard or do you think it's been harder to figure yourself out under your parents' roof? I mean, I think undoubtedly it is a lot harder for somebody who's anything but straight to have to figure themselves out in a complete, like, heterosexual environment. Um, No matter, like, how accepting, like, those people are at the end of the day, it's always going to be a little bit harder. Um, My family's never been, like, explicitly homophobic or anything. Um, I have gay family members who are older. um, So... I think that kind of forced um, a lot of my family to reevaluate themselves. And so they've always been moderately accepting of, um, of gay people. Um, I, I don't think that's to say that it's always been like a healthy environment, mm-hmm. though, because I think there is definitely a difference between being not homophobic and supportive. Like, I feel like there's two different lines there. Yeah. Um, I think in my experience, it's more just, like, dumb comments that aren't necessarily, like, homophobic, but more so problematic. Like, um, I identify as liking men and women, so... In my household, it's more like, oh, well, if you like men, then you might as well just marry one. Um, when I've kind of, I don't know, I've, I've expressed, like, I am more interested in women and still having them be like, oh, well, like, it'd just be easier if you dated a man. Um, which, I don't, I, I think it's just, like, discouraging it's invalidating at the end of the day because it makes me feel like if i were to bring a woman home that like they wouldn't be quite as accepting and of course like it's not like they're gonna like tell her to leave or something like it's not like that it's just i know the way that they would treat like a male partner that i brought home would be completely different than a female partner that i brought home um And I think that is more, like, I think it's easier to explain to somebody who's, like, explicitly homophobic, like, who's, like, no, like, you can't love her. Like, it's easier for them to understand, like, oh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like gay people, like, whatever, versus, like, somebody who just, like, says sort of invalidating things where they're, like, no, 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 like, I, I accept you, like, I like, like, I like you, like, whatever. It's hard to get that point through to them because they would never explicitly say something to somebody or like invalidate somebody who wasn't in their family mm-hmm. so that's kind of been my experience so far in terms of that thank you for sharing um i feel like the little comments and the jokes and the internalized homophobia that is spread through quote-unquote joking is almost 
the same level of toxic, if not more toxic than I don't accept you and I'm homophobic. Because now we're associating someone being supportive and caring about us and loving us with also hurting us at the same time. Like now we're associating love with hurt. Like if someone's like, I'm homophobic, it's like, okay, uh, well, it's hard to love you anyway because you outwardly hate me. But if someone's like, I love you and I also don't accept you, but not saying that directly, just like through the actions I take and the things I say, now you're associating love and support with this negativity. And I think that's really toxic and that adds up in the subconscious. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure where to go from there, but love is not supposed to hurt. And the people that love you aren't supposed to be hurting you all the time. And I think that if you're in a situation where people are making you uncomfortable constantly, you need to be taking care of yourself for one. And if you feel safe doing so, you need to say something to them. Um, But in Emma's situation, I think you often like give it back to them. Like you... From what I've heard from our chats, you like to stick up for yourself. So can you just give us a couple examples of like ways to rebuttal in like a playful way that isn't just like, hey, you're homophobic, like shut the fuck up, you know, like. <laughs> um, I do. It depends, honestly, on the circumstance. Um, like today, for example, um, one of my family members um, had been saying stuff like that like oh if you like men then I think you should just marry one instead of being with a woman or like um I think it's it's not a biophobia in my instance of like them not believing that somebody can actually be into both men and women um and so we were having conversation day um my mom's sister and I and my sister brought up like oh like Emma feels kind of disappointed that you've been saying this type of stuff to her and my mom was basically like oh I don't get why that's like offensive like that's fine like we're all supportive here like it's like we're all friends like we can make jokes here but I don't know that at the end of the day that you can make jokes if they invalidate somebody's identity like it's different if you're making fun of them for like you know like their favorite food or like something like that but like invalidating like a part of somebody's identity like I don't know that that's really like a friendly way of speaking to somebody um but I I don't know I think it might just be like the generation that like my parents grew up in that like they think that you can joke about literally anything um and so like I was trying to get the point across to them that like some of the stuff they say like hurts my feelings because it makes me feel like that they don't completely accept me and they don't get, they think I'm just being sensitive, like, whatever. Um, you know, like, my my dad thought it was a completely joke that I was even, like, upset by it in the first place. Because he doesn't see an issue with it at all. So, I don't know. At the end of the day, like, you can try to get your point across to somebody. But if they, like, just don't care, then, like it's not even really worth like exerting your energy like I just try like I don't really even talk about that part of me like at at home because it's just not really worth it it just usually ends up with me getting upset by something like that they said um 
it's something because I don't talk to like that many of my extended family members very often like I'll talk to them around the holidays whatever but like I had an instance nor like I don't know like a month ago where I was at lunch with my immediate family and then um two extended family members and one of them was like so like what what does everybody here like identify as which like to be asked that in like a public setting where you can't leave and when again they don't know like if you don't know somebody's identity they haven't expressed that to you like it's just not appropriate to ask that of somebody um and so later my mom asked my sister and I was like were you guys like offended by that and there was this conversation where we're like yeah like that's just not really appropriate like that's really scary to be asked that especially in that setting and she was just like well it's just a question like he just wanted to know (laughs) like so I don't know if somebody truly like doesn't get it it's not even really worth rationalizing it to them at that point um that's really interesting that she said like oh that's just a question because if someone says like oh what do you identify as and I say queer and then they cringe what that was just my answer Like, that's just a question, but this is also just my answer. And it's as deep as that. Like, you don't have to worry about who I'm sexually attracted to, who I'm attracted to, who I'm falling in love with. Like, that's not your problem. You had just the question, so I'm going to just give you my answer. And it should be that easy, but it's not because the double standard's there. Like, also, I want to say something on the joking. I drill this into my family time after time like not when it has to do with me because they haven't really crossed the line there too much but like they'll make like derogatory comments to people and like they're just like oh I'm just joke like I'll say like that's not okay that's really offensive and they'll be like oh it's just a joke okay well it's not funny so don't say it around me and don't say it around people because someday someone's gonna beat your ass or <laughs> they're gonna get really offended and was your joke that nobody laughed at worth offending someone and like scarring them for months of like reflection no it wasn't so shut up and stop talking about things that you don't understand but That's how I feel about joking. It's not a joke if someone in the room doesn't find it funny. Either, well, also, my siblings will say, like, well, I can use that language around my friends. Like, if you could say it, if, okay, you're calling it a joke. If you say this joke and someone somewhere could get offended, and don't give me that bullshit that everything you say could be offensive. There are things that are offensive and there are things that aren't offensive, okay? If the people in your in the room like the okay, say I'm making um, a racial joke that I would never do um, in a room full of white people, the room full of white people, no one might say that it's offensive. But if you were in a room full of black people and your joke was about black people, you'd be offending every single one of them. So just don't say something that could offend anyone. That's what I mean. Um, So the joke thing. But then also like the sensitivity thing. I forgot what I was going to say. But I think I was going to talk about sensitivity and I'm just so tired of this. Like, oh, I know what I was going to talk about. Sorry, I'm scatterbrained, but don't call me sensitive for being passionate about passionate about something or a group of people. Okay. Like just being aware of your surroundings and how other people feel and like having empathy for them is not being sensitive. You're just being a dick essentially 
Um, excuse my language, but, but what I wanted to touch on was the generational thing. I am so tired of the excuse, oh, it's just their generation. It's just another generation. No, their heads are up their asses and they're not willing to change their opinion or be educated. And then they tell you that because you're educated, like you're sensitive or you can't take a joke. No, I'm educated and I understand the effects that my words have on other people in their lives. So I just don't choose to use those words. And don't tell me that because you were born 30 years ago that, or like 30 is kind of close to my age, but um, don't tell me because you were born like 60 or 70 years ago that you just will never understand. Because basically you're telling me that you're unintelligent and you're not, ability, you're not able to change your opinion or to learn at all. Because you could just learn, hey, that person gets offended when I say that. Don't say that. That's like a fundamental thing. We're all taught how to learn and how to change our actions based on someone's reactions. So I hate that excuse. Oh, it's just that generation. No, it's fucking offensive. Stop saying it. Like, it is because you get to an age, does that just excuse you from saying things? It doesn't. That really pisses me off. But anyway, so <laughs> Emma's... Oh my god. Yeah, that's a pug. Um, my pug is barking at someone from the balcony because we are still soaking up the nature. Um, so I guess to wrap this up, because we're going over 30 minutes here. I, well, I'm happy that you're getting out of the house in two months. Um, you've been able, I think, to deal with like coming out and discovering your sexuality well, respectively. Like you still come over to our apartment with your little rainbow tattoo and your little rainbow shirt and you still just kind of like live your life. Um, I just want to know if you have like any advice for people who are really struggling to live at home with their family or like how you like cope with it day to day. Like even if you're not like outwardly expressing hurt or pain like that it may bring you. Like any advice that you may have. It's okay if you don't have any. Um... I don't know that I would call it advice. I guess more coping, <laughs> a coping mechanism is that I literally just don't talk about it. And I know it's definitely not like the healthy way to approach, um, I guess like that topic in general, like personal stuff, but I don't know. I just find it easier to like not ask for their opinion because it's unwanted. I know like, I, like I know my boundaries, like I know I'm going to be hurt by what they say, so I just don't ask for any input on it. Um, and I mean, then they, the solution to a toxic environment is always, like, getting out of there. Yeah. Which is, um, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish in the next few months. But it's, it's just a hard situation. I mean, I don't think... Yeah. I don't think anybody's situation is, like, identical to yours. But um, at the end of the day, like, no one's going to, like, handle the situation the same way as, as you do, whatever. But um, it's just a tough thing. It is a tough thing to go through. And it'd just be helpful if more people were a little bit more sensitive toward it. And if more people who were straight, like, cared enough to be kind to people instead of just giving their like ignorant unwanted comments about it um use the word sensitive but i think another good one another good descriptive word would be like aware like just being aware 
of how your words affect other people and how you can literally just say one less thing or like say one less sentence and make such a difference um but i think you brought up a good point there with boundaries i think like the best advice the way i'm just gonna like kind of summarize what i took from that and like add to it um i think the best advice to people who are in a situation that they feel trapped in at least until you can get out is to set boundaries and to figure out what those are like for me I don't mind getting in fights with my family, like verbal, verb, like not fights, but like verbal disagreements and arguments. Like it kind of fuels me. But um, Emma prefers to like not even light the flame. And that's totally OK. Like it's exhausting having to explain yourself and defend yourself 24 seven. And I get that. So you have to figure out what your boundaries are. If your boundaries are like not even coming out to your family, that's cool. If your boundaries are coming out and telling them you never want to talk about it again, that's cool. If your boundaries are jumping on them every homophobic comment they make, that's cool. You got to figure out what boundaries look like for you and figure out if that's an environment that you can thrive in. Because I think if you're setting boundaries, like not talking about it, that's not an environment that you're going to thrive in long term. And you should start to look into other alternatives. I know finances are a huge barrier and that sucks. And I hate that that's something that we have to deal with so figure out your boundaries set them be aggressive with them like at least in emma's case or in anyone's okay so say your family still makes these comments and you're not one of your boundaries is like not engaging stick to that like you know if you know that engaging will upset you or cause you pain don't engage like stick to that boundary you can't set boundaries on other people like, unless they're willing to work with you, you can't be like, hey, mom, dad, shut up. Don't say things like that. That's not your, you can't do that. Like, especially if they're not willing to work with you, but you can control yourself and how you react. So you can say, I won't engage with them. Um, I'll make, or in some cases, like, I'll make sure they know I don't like that. Or just like as simple as like, that hurts my feelings. Don't say that and like walk away. Like, just figure out what your boundaries are and stick to them. It's not as easy as it sounds, but it's a start and it gives you a little bit of guidance if you feel completely lost. So to wrap up here, um, I just want to say thank you so much, Emma, for sharing your story. And I know that people are really going to relate to it and connect with what you had to say. So thank you for your words of wisdom. And as always, if you need someone to talk to after listening to this episode or you have more questions on any of these topics, feel free to reach out via my DM um, and take care of yourself while listening to these episodes, especially if you're struggling with your sexuality. It can be really hard and I get that and we get that and that's okay. Um, so take care of yourself and lots of love. <laughs>